0: Before we were talking a lot about how we used to live in the forest and we would eat eat different microbes all the time and raw meat and whatever, and we were active, we didn't have so much stress from work, we didn't stare at blue light all day long. Now we live in, in, in mostly in cities, and we have these boxes and everything's clean and everything's bleached out. So this actually suppresses our immune system.
1: Welcome to the Seam Lund Podcast. My name is Seem Lund and today our guest is Eric Puro. Eric is the founder and CEO of Kappa Health. Kappa is a medicinal mushroom company from Finland. They have the highest quality medicinal mushrooms grown in the cleanest environment in the world. Chaga, reishi, lion's mane, and shiitake are a few of their main products, which I enjoy taking almost every day for their adaptogenic properties. Research shows these mushrooms are also good for the immune system, relaxation, and lowering inflammation. You can use the code SEAMLUND for a 15% discount of all their mushrooms at kapahealth.com. That's SEAMLUND at CopperHealth.com. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to talk with you. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm also always excited to let's say talk about the medicinal mushrooms because they are one of the very uh, common uh, things that people use in like the Nordic regions. Uh, but they're also not really that uh, let's say known about in the rest of the world. So yeah, I'm glad to speak with you again. Yeah, how Good. did you how did you get into um, you know uh, starting a company related to uh, medicinal mushrooms?
0: Uh yeah. That's a- that's a good question. Um, I think that I was, I was studying a lot of these, let's say, traditional ways to grow mushrooms in the U.S. Uh, eight years ago, something like that, maybe even more. And I was just uh, learning a lot about permaculture and, and ecology and, and how all these kind of ecosystems work together. And uh, started to realize that not many people knew much about fungi. <laughs> and it was always, we need to have fungi there. Okay, what form, what species, what strains? How does it work? Uh, and it was kind of difficult to understand that. So my my pe- my mushroom, you know, interest peaked a lot. And coming from a uh, um, as a CEO of this biotech company, uh, we try to approach these problems differently. We probably we try to think about what do these natural systems look like, and how how can we kind of uh, use nature as a as a solution-based uh, uh, type of idea instead of us thinking up how to how to create everything. So we started formulating a company. I met a really uh, pretty incredible mycologist. Uh, He's a crazy dude from Austria and moved to Finland. And we were growing uh, chaga mushroom together. And, you know, we started talking more and more and realizing that we should probably just start a company. And that we looked at the medicinal mushroom space. And we saw a lot of companies saying things that were inappropriate. We saw a lot of uh, bad quality coming from China. We saw a lot of uh, lab grown stuff from the US that just didn't have any compounds in it. And we just said, hey, this is, there's no reason to lie about anything. (laughs) You know, actually what mushrooms do, what we know from the science is amazing, the incredible story. Let's be a really open, honest, transparent company that grows stuff with the uh, best ingredients here from Finland and um, uh, everything organic and really pure. Uh, And let's let's just make a really good product and see what happens. And that was, three years ago just about and now yeah now the company has over 20 employees and selling in all over the world (laughs) so (laughs) so i think people people were looking for that looking for a company they could trust
1: yeah right yeah that's uh, definitely true and uh, you know the you you can always um like try to figure out a way like like that that's what humans tend to do like we try to find out like this magic answer or uh, try to tweak it but usually like nature or these natural compounds tend to have it um figured out uh, and especially like this fungi I think, and like the the mushroom kingdom is like a very complex uh, ecosystem and uh, yeah it has been found to have like a lot of uh, medicinal benefits uh, that you get from them yeah yeah uh, but w- w- where do you like how would you like you know where do you put or where do you place the fungi in like the animal kingdom in your opinion its a weird it's a weird place <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I don't know oh. I mean I think they, they're kind of on their own. I mean, what's, what's interesting about fungi is that uh, uh, the name of our company, this Kappa, it's a Finnish word for polypore. So it's the polypore is like a, what reishi is or uh, birch polypore or, or you know these kind of mushrooms where there's if you flip it upside down, there's many of these dots, if you ever see a forest mushroom like that. And uh, this is the origin of mushrooms. So that's like the first kind of form So from that, they evolved into then having all these different gills, poisons, crazy, crazy stuff adaptations that they've had in the the recent years. Um, So it's, it's mushrooms have had a very interesting trajectory. And a lot of that have been kind of going in line with humans. So when we look at right now, mushrooms are very, it's, they're growing in market a lot. A lot of people are getting involved in them. Um, We're finding more, more interesting customers and the EU, it's a growing market. So I think it's, why but why is it just like i don't know the herb of the week you know kind of thing and then the people are interested in it for now and it goes away or something um but humans have been we're more closely related to mushrooms than we are to plants actually Mm. so if we look at strictly our dna from an evolutionary standpoint um you know we stayed with mushrooms longer so we the main difference we took i mean we both breathe oxygen we both emit co2 Um, We both are omnivorous. So a lot of mushroom species will actually eat nematodes and small uh, creatures actually in the soil. Um, And we both are kind of weird, I guess. (laughs) So I think, uh, and then what the immune system though is really what we're looking at. It's like the main, I would say potential for mushrooms. And uh, when you look at mushrooms, they have these, they kind of took this path of more of like a chemical factory where they are producing a lot of chemicals that help them respond to invaders. And us humans, we took not so much that approach, we took more like immune system development and cellular mm-hmm. structures that are very hard for viruses to come in. So the nice thing is, is that a lot of these compounds from mushrooms we have receptors for, which mm-hmm. means that we co-evolve together. So these are not these are not compounds that we create internally. Yeah. So what that what that shows is that we've been taking medicinal mushrooms for millions of years, basically. We co-evolved mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. So major mammals are all taking uh, medicinal mushrooms when they need it. Uh, they've been studied a lot of different ancient cultures for those purposes. And uh, I think they play a big a big role in how we can biohack our biology actually.
1: Yeah. And yeah, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, then one of the uh, you know the Ötzi, the Iceman, the uh, yeah. o- old Iceman, he had like a mushroom pouch basically with him when he the, when yeah. he when he was discovered. So yeah, like it goes back to show that the hunter gatherers and ancient humans uh, they would uh, eat them uh, basically all the time.
0: Yeah, he had a- and he actually he had a mushroom necklace also, yeah. and it, on it was a species of mushrooms that's an antifungicide, antibacterial. Mm-hmm. So the, the thought was that possibly you know okay here he is making his tea you know getting ready for the night he's got a, got some boiling water and whatnot and he could just kind of lean over and dip this uh, chunk of mushroom from his necklace into his uh, into his tea. Uh, And just basically then create like a nice tonic that would help flush out all the, you know, raw meat (laughs) microbiome bacteria and whatnot Mm. he's been, he's been ingesting. Mm. And what a cool thing. I mean, you know, that's ancient biohacking, but it's, you know, you're looking at, okay, I I just ingested maybe some bad stuff. I need to kind of clean my gut a little bit. I'm feeling some tummy problems and boom, there you go. Dip it with tea, drink it go to sleep you're
1: fine <laughs> yeah yeah and you know th- this this kind of uh, like a requirement hasn't gone away like in the past people would maybe uh, be in a risk of like these parasites or infections yeah uh, bacteria you know uh, rotten meat or whatever like this other bad stuff uh, uh, whereas in the modern world uh, like food is sterilized and clean but we also have these you know the pollution the environmental toxins and those things so we're still exposed yeah. to like a sim- similar challenges in a way and we do need to kind of help our detoxification systems and antioxidant defense systems as well uh, even more if if, if, if necessary
0: yeah i agree i think it's a big we evolved to live in the forest no like we evolved to just run around and and, and eat stuff and and be active more not sitting all the time not staring at screens like we're doing right now (laughs) you know and all these of course all these stress factors all these things is 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 harming our bodies quite a lot
1: yeah but are these um, polypores like are they edible or um... Like, what are different ways of can you like just you know pick them up and eat them
0: yeah that's a great question so um as far as i know there's not a single polypore that's poisonous to humans i could be wrong about that Uh, maybe some of your listeners would tell me but but i we haven't been able to find any at least that we know about so uh, but that doesn't mean they're all good for you or do anything nice for you or taste good Um, we've been identifying our company works with about seven different species of mushrooms and uh, some of them are polypores, like, you know, like reishi, reishi mushroom that we, that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them are gilled mushrooms, like a lion's mane, something like that. But the difference is, is uh, how mushrooms are made is they actually have this very different kind of cellular structure than plants. So plants have a cellular structure called cellulose um, that is actually very easily water-soluble. So... A water digestive system like ours, you can eat plants. It opens up that cellulose wall. All the good nutrition inside can be released. All the vitamins, minerals, everything. Whereas in mushrooms, they have this uh, chitin cell wall, and chitin, our bodies cannot actually break it down. Really, it's maybe. A, so if you would, if you, if you've been reading about a lot of health benefits of ratio of lion's mane, and you're thinking, okay, I go to the store, buy some lion's mane, I just eat it. Um, it's not exactly how it works because yes, it has a lot of nutrition, protein carbohydrates, whatever, but the medicinal compounds are locked inside those chitin cell walls, okay. the compounds of interest, we call them. So you actually need to extract that somehow. Yeah. So that's kind of what we spent two years <laughs> developing mm-hmm. how exactly the best ways to do that. Uh, and it's it's a challenging challenging process, but it's very simple. I mean, all, all we do is we take these uh, mushrooms. We don't process them any more than just opening up the cell wall.
1: So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're not like in- inherently um, edible in a way. Like, or you could eat them, but it's just not like worth it if you want to get the yeah. health, health benefits. It's like
0: they're not so bioavailable, I would say.
1: Right. You know. Mm. Yeah. So but, you... Yeah. Before before getting into the um, the extraction, uh, let's say talk about also like some of the benefits. Like, what what does the research say about these uh, mushrooms?
0: Yeah. Well, many, 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 many things. <laughs> um, I don't know where to start. I guess we could start like a chaga, which is like a pretty pretty incredible Nordic Nordic mushroom. I know you have lots yeah. of it grown in Estonia
1: as well. Yeah, we can start that as one of the most known ones at least.
0: Yeah. So right now we get all of our chaga from a uh, foraging network that is foraging chaga up in Lapland. And they're finding it there, collecting it, bringing it to a central processing place and we bring it down to our place. And um, chaga is growing quite, quite abundantly, I would say, in these Nordic kind of birch forests, uh, birch forests, And it's a it's a really special, it's not exactly a mushroom, it's a conch. So it's not the fruiting body of the organism. It's not the reproductive body. It's actually just a, a conch. And we're, we speculate why it even exists. Uh, maybe to help protect the tree from a wound while it eats the tree, <laughs> you know? Maybe, we, we actually don't know if it's, it's kind of parasitic to be honest, actually with the birch tree. Um, Many, many speculation is actually, I think it's some combination of these two, but I think it's, uh, some speculation is, is that it's effectively the, as the, as the Inletus obliquus, which is the Latin name for the species, is running through this birch tree, it's um, it's working, it's, it's metabolizing that, the compounds in the birch tree. So for instance, one example is we know that there's a really important, really important aspect of chaga is its antioxidant properties. Mm-hmm. And one of those antioxidant compounds is this butylinic acid. And basically what it's, butylinic acid starts first as butolic acid in, in the birch tree. Um, and through the process of chaga, it transforms that to butylinic acid. And now that's actually bioavailable for humans. So it's also, this, and it's concentrated in the chaga. So it's also maybe somehow this dump, you know, of, of the metabolite process actually of, of chaga running in the tree. But it's an interesting mushroom, I think. And uh, Mainly the health benefits there, so we, our company also grows it, I want to say too. So we're working with sustainable forestry practices on actually cultivating it and inoculating a lot of birch trees. So we're the largest cultivator of chaga uh, in the world, actually. We're growing over 60,000 kilograms per year. Uh, We're we're doing that in Finland and a little bit now, actually, even in Estonia. We have a retail partner um, that we have an agreement with. Awesome. so it's a it's an interesting way for forest owners to not clear cut their forests and not sell all the dirt for paper we can uh, actually provide them with more income and uh have them grow mushrooms medicine <laughs> yeah so it's a pretty it's a really nice story that we love to talk about and um it's something that our forest owners who work with us are really proud to do
1: you know mm-hmm. yeah that, that sounds good yeah and uh, i saw it on your website as well that you have these are uh, basically like I don't know, like forest parks where uh, you're uh, kind of cultivating the chagas and uh, like doing it in a more sustainable manner. But, uh, yeah. how, how, but how does the chaga, you know, come in the tree in the first place? Like it's, it's like a seed or uh, how does it, you know, sprout? Yeah. In the existence? <laughs> so
0: so naturally um, it comes in as a as a spores. So naturally, if there's a if there's a birch tree standing in the forest, you can you can imagine and there's like a, a break in the bark two spores from chaga could land on that and then if it's perfect conditions and everything else then they come in and they start colonizing the tree um how we do it is a little bit differently well we actually take a a piece of wood dowel and we inoculate that with the chaga strain that we found is the most medicinally potent so we're taking away just like when you eat an apple you want to eat one that tastes sweet or you want to eat one that's crispy Mm -hmm. or if you if you take reishi you know depending on the strain of reishi you could have a like three, four times more compounds in it. So with, with all kinds of things that we do, we wanna push it for the benefits are for humans in a way. Mm-hmm. So with, we do the same with chaga. We found incredibly potent medicinal medicinal strains and we implement that into the tree. And then after eight to 10, 12 years, <laughs> then the chaga starts to grow. So it's a long right. time you, yeah. we can harvest it then. Um, we're starting to see after three, four, five years, already chaga is starting to form. And then it takes an additional years for them to grow bigger for harvesting. Um, but the reason we came, we started to do this was we looked at the growth of this chaga market and it's about, it can be up to 30% a year now in the US. Chaga is a huge, huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we started to look at what is international supply. And we found out that, you know, this is an incredibly unsustainable foraging practice as it is right now. That basically, if we want to continue this to be a, a medicinal supplement for people, we have to find out how to cultivate it. And the only form that was being done was like indoor laboratory cultivations on grain. And uh, of course, then the end product is actually just 95% grain. So it's not very potent, not very bioavailable, not many compounds in there. So we said, okay, we want to take the best of both worlds. We want to cultivate it so we can get the price down a bit, maintain the strain potency. But it needs to be done out outside in the forest, in living birch trees. And so that's what we've done.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh. It's a long process indeed, and uh, and if, if like people you know aren't uh, taking care of their forest uh, well, at the same time, then uh, yes, yeah, not going to be that sustainable, especially if a more people are interested in it. Mm. Uh, but you mentioned the uh, the uh, the the grain versus the mycelium. So um, yeah. what's, what's the main difference between that? Like I w- as I understand, like most of these uh, most of the regular ch- chaga supplements are coming from the mycelium, not the uh, fruiting body.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you go to iHerb or Amazon or 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 especially any any most of the products in the U.S., um, they're made with mycelium on grain is what it's called or M.O.G., and it's a very cheap way to produce um, um, medicinal like medicinal mycelium products. So what our company does is is we take so we take a we find a strain of mushrooms, we then we grow it on agar in a petri dish, we then actually colonize that onto a grain bag. Then from that grain bag, we colonize sawdust bags. Then from those sawdust bags, uh, most of the, is it like a, then the mushrooms will fruit. So this is like a story of lion's mane, for instance. The mushrooms will fruit, we take the lion's mane off, we'll dry the lion's mane, then we extract it for bioavailability, then we um, uh, dry it and we sell it. And that's the product. So what mycelium one grain is, is that you take the Petri dish, inoculate mycelium, you wait till it fully colonizes, you then harvest that, you just, you just, there's no mushroom that grows. You basically just dry all that grain down and you powder it and you sell it as a really cheap uh, capsule. And the price difference can be like 10 times different right. because the, it's just a, such a different process. So if we, if we look at, um, see so the material from mycelium grain is, it's not bioavailable, it's not extracted at all. Um, it's also not containing any compounds of interest. So if you look at why we take these medicinal mushrooms, we take it for mainly the beta-glucans. Beta-glucans are only found in the fruiting bodies. They're only found in the mushroom, actual mushroom. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of effort in the US now that the industry is about 10 billion um, USD a year. Okay. So there's been a lot of interest now on, on regulating this. So now the FDA has required that if you sell mycelium on grain, you can't call it mushrooms, can't call mm-hmm. it medicinal because it doesn't have any compounds, yeah. uh, and you can't have photos of mushrooms on it. So they've been really tightening, let's say, the, the grip around uh, companies doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the EU, the nice thing is that it's just now starting. So I think kind of I'm happy to go on these podcasts I'm happy to do a little bit of education for consumers around these points that if it's not our company people want, that's OK. But I think it's just good that people know if they want a medicinal yeah. mushroom product, that they go find a proper product, you know, yeah, that's yeah. extracted and it's
1: a fruiting bodies. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really uh, good to know and important thing that the, it should be definitely the fruiting bodies then, uh, so like would would it like the most of the research is also about the fruiting bodies, not the yeah. mycelium.
0: Yeah, um, we have over 800 papers actually in our knowledge base, um, all done on fruiting bodies, but there is some research being done on mycelium, so that's a bit different, so there's uh, another couple of companies that sell mycelium based products and there are some compounds specific to just the mycelium. So if it's mycelium on grain, the end product is not, it's like not extracted and it's over 90% grain, but you can grow mycelium actually in a liquid uh, container. Uh, our company is considered doing this for a few different products for a few different reasons, um, but there are some compounds in mycelium that can be beneficial, but a general good rule is it, quality is for new bodies. If you're, if you're taking it for immune support, no
1: question you want to take for new bodies. Mm, Yeah. I've also heard like some people they buy these um, I don't know home kits for growing the mycelium that they grow yeah. some mushrooms there. So that's probably not going to be the best thing if you're like looking for the medicinal benefits.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. It's a cool thing. Do it. It's a really fun experience. Um, I know. I, I always have a couple a couple substrates fruiting in my house, and my kids like to just see that life cycle of mushrooms. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if you don't extract it, then there's no medicinal compound. So
1: yeah. yeah. You mentioned the beta-glucans, uh, and uh, those are like, yeah, one of the known uh, the, the compounds uh, that, that the mushrooms tend to have. And uh, yeah, like mo- most of it has to do with like these anti-inflammatory and antifungal uh, effects. So what are some other you know, properties of these uh, beta-glucans?
0: Yeah, well, to me, uh, beta-glucans is like a, it, it's just, a, if we talk about all the mushrooms, all the products we sell have, have high levels of beta-glucans. And specifically, you know, beta glucans are from mushrooms. They're called 1,3,1,6 beta glucans, and the 1,3,1,6 talks about actually the polymer chain of how it's how it's connected. Um, and mushrooms have a very specific. So you can also get beta glucans from yeast, um, other kind of fungi, actually, but f- mushroom fruiting body beta glucans are some of the best. So what they do functionally is they if they go bypass the stomach and they get into the intestine. And they have an ability to actually transition across, over that, that, that intestinal wall. And then they, they, they come on the other side and they start to activate your immune system. So they start to communicate with the cytokines, uh, which cytokines, maybe those, those who listening don't know, are this uh, kind of compound in the, uh, or kind of cell in the immune system that's communicating with other cells. So they're able to help identify areas of inflammation or cancer or any, any kind of problems in the body, stress, um, whatever that they can start to send the immune system to. So the beta can start to activate that whole process. They start to go, hey, cytokines, wake up, you know, go do your job, get out of here, go do something. Also the killer T-cells, they do the same. They can help, they can even create more killer T-cells. So they can really, they, they, essentially, are very adaptogenic for your immune system. So before we were talking a lot about how we used to live in the forest and we would eat eat different microbes all the time and raw meat and whatever. And we were active. We didn't have so much stress from work. We didn't stare at blue light all day long. All these things, you know. Um, Now we live in in, in mostly illicit cities and we have these boxes and everything's clean and everything's bleached out. So this actually suppresses our immune system. Uh, And there's a really recent study done in Finland that I think is incredible. See, I'll send you a link to this after the podcast, but basically there was a researcher who came with the idea that, hey, maybe we could make these city city kids who are in the daycare system and preschool more healthy if they had more contact with forest soil. The idea being microbiome is really important for our body's functioning immune system. Let's get some forest soil in these daycares. And he did (laughs) that. So he took a random sample, did a control, put up a bunch of different daycares, put forest soil where the kids play in the playground, and lo and behold, all the kids' immune systems went up. Mm-hmm. So now in Finland, it's being discussed on a national level to just implement this as a policy. And the reason that works is that, you know, in cities where we have suppressed immune systems, we need to have that supplementation. We need to kind of biohack our immune system because it's the environment we're in is not, we're not made for that. We're not made for that environment, you know? Yeah. We're made to live in the forest. So, so I think you know mushrooms and beta glucans are an important part of that story. So if you're, it, you know, I take I take something, one of these mushroom supplements daily, just to ensure that I'm challenging my immune system, you know, enough that mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm taking it and I'm going, wake up! I want you to I want you to get get doing something,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: We I was a uh, in Japan actually. I was in this like mushroom facility, and I was in uh, touring the place, and he was telling me that. Okay, in their in their clean room in japan you can only have a worker do a one two hour shift in a clean room meaning that the, the air is totally hePA filtered mm-hmm. and the reason is is that, that clean air suppresses their immune system so badly in the, just oh, wow. two hours just <laughs> two hours a day so if we think about the context we live very clean very organized not so dirty mm-hmm. um it, it's just suppressing our immune systems,
1: You know yeah that's a, some something of like a really crazy idea for a lot of people like it doesn't it's it's like uh, foreign to a lot of uh, this um, mainstream idea that you do need to clean everything and uh, avoid all these germs and stuff. But, we, but in reality, like you said, that we, in nature, we would be always exposed to this kind of bacteria yeah. and uh, viruses all the time. And they would like keep our immune system alert and activated because like if you don't use it, you lose it. Like If you don't exercise, yeah. then you're going to lose fitness and you're going to lose muscle mass. The same with the immune system. If you don't challenge your immune system with uh, you know, uh, activating, activating it, then you're gonna see this deterioration in it. And, uh, and these, you know, compounds in the mushrooms, they do are, they are like foreign uh, to the body and the body has to respond to them by, you know, turning on all these defense systems and uh, pathways.
0: Exactly. Well said. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're not challenging your immune system, your body goes, why do I need to spend so much resources on this immune system? (laughs) It's things are okay. Why, why do it? And I think it's why a lot of people, you know, they, they go to hospitals and they get sick because hospitals are just such a big place with germs and bacteria and whatnot, you know, and we're just not ready for it. So I think it's, it's, I think it's good to challenge, you know, both our bodies physically and, and, and our immune system and mentally, you know, <laughs> do Sudoku every morning, you know, just keep our, keep us fit. And I think mushrooms are kind of like a, in that way, you know, an amazing biohack for your immune
1: system, incredible biohack. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it, that you're uh, kind of microdosing your immune system with this uh, small yeah. ch- challenge, like it's such a small thing, uh, but your body does, uh, you know, respond to it in a quite a beneficial way. Yeah,
0: and I mean, I take, I do, you probably do as well, these blood markers, and, you know, one of these nice blood markers that I check is the uh, long-term uh, inflammation, you know? Mm-hmm and i'm looking to see how that's doing and i and i've seen a drastic decrease in that since i've started daily supplementing with, with medicinal mushrooms because i think it's it's you know long term inflammation stays there because your immune system's lazy you know it's just like yeah well
1: for sure It's more important things like prefer to do. Hmm. yeah um what about like uh, the lion, lion's mane or some some other ones
0: yeah so okay I'd say that that's that's general about about mushrooms they all have beta glucans they're all very high in beta glucans um, that's, a, that's an amazing purpose to use mushrooms. And then I think every species of mushrooms does also something else is a good way to think about it. So chaga, beta-glucans, it's also very antioxidant, right? So it's, it's helping oxidative stress in our bodies. It's helping our, our cells when they regenerate, they regenerate according to what the RNA and DNA actually have, that free radicals didn't bash into that stuff and destroy it. So our skin looks better, our hair looks better, but our lungs, our liver, things that matter also are better. Um, but then something like lion's mane you know this is an area where the mycelium of lion's mane also has a lot of uh, potent compounds so we're seeing uh these ngfs which is really important our nerve growth factors Mm -hmm. so i'm very interested in living until i'm like 800 years old who knows you know um why not you know but i don't want to do that if my mind is gone and i have alzheimer's or parkinson's and that my body is like all beat up and i can't even move around so you know, how do I achieve that kind of idea? Well, I think chaga is a big part for me, but uh, but Lion's Mane has these NGFs that are that have been studied to uh, kind of reactivate, let's say death or dying or dead or totally gone nerve cells. And it's, it's it, once we hit 30, as you probably know, you know, you start to forget stuff. <laughs> Your memory is not so good. I mean, you just start to lose a little bit, a little bit more yeah. every year. And if you look at a brain scan, we start to just degenerate our brains. They start to lose the cells. So Lion's Mane is, is one of the only things known to not only stop that degeneration, but able to actually kickstart regeneration. And yeah. what an amazing thing. Uh, my, my grandfather um, had Parkinson's, had a big problem with that. My father probably will. I probably will. So what an amazing thing to start supplementing right now, just to, just to kind of end that. Yeah. So you know, Lion's Mane has these different NGFs in it. Um, which are
1: incredibly potent, as well as all of course the beta glucans. Mm, yeah, and it's also for uh, neurogenesis, like actually helping to grow uh, new brain cells. So, exactly. yeah, so, one of the best like brain uh, mushrooms or nootropics. tropics.
0: I think it's one of the best. And I, and I think what's also important to think about is that nerve cells also exist in your gut. Mm. So, you know, it's also helping your gut too. But yeah. I think what, what's really cool this is dried lines made um but it kind of looks like a brain. They always kind of have these two humps. Yeah. And it's really lots of yeah. That's
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, well, usually <laughs> some of the foods do look like uh, the organ that they tend to have a benefit on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what about the cordyceps? Um, are
0: yeah. they are,
1: are they considered uh, polypores or are they just like these uh, zombie mushrooms? <laughs> so these are these are cordyceps. Um. So these these
0: cordy- we're the only company in Europe that grows a uh, cordyceps militaris and. Mm. So cordyceps is like a big catch-all phrase. Um, And I want to just take a minute about that. So like, there's a couple different ways you could have cordyceps. There's a product called CS4. There's a cordyceps sinensis species and a cordyceps militaris. So for us, all those products basically have a lot of beta-glucans in them. But the compound that's interesting for us is a compound called cordycepine. Mm -hmm. And cordycepine is what we think about when we think about cordyceps. It's what gives you energy. So we actually have a paper... Uh, written by a really nice guy Howley, um, Dr. Howley, and this was done this year, published, and it's actually documenting the exact process that cortisepine activates ATP production in your cells. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it, if you're an athlete, if you want some extra energy, ATP is what our actual cells use for energy. It's 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 not a neurostimulant like uh like coffee or something. It's there's right. no up and then down. It's just clean, pure, beautiful energy. And cordyceps is the only compound known to do that. Um, so now it's been listed as actually an external energy source for our body. Mm. But um, unfortunately, uh, we're unable to sell cordyceps anymore to the EU market um, because it, the, let's say, the safety has not been established yet. Okay. So even though this is sold across Asia, US, many, many, many,
1: many years, in the EU, they're just a little bit behind that uh, right. regulatory side. Mm. So uh, is there a, how long do you expect to change, like, do you think it's going? We hope that
0: within a year that regulation
1: yeah. will change. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I also heard, like, in Finland, there's actually a lot of regulation about the chaga's and the mushrooms in general. Like, uh, you can't really say yeah. anything uh, beneficial about it.
0: Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, on our on our website, we love to link to studies because right? I think it's really important we educate consumers about what they're what they're doing, um, and we can't really even do that anymore. <laughs> so yeah. we've had a really tough time trying to find a, you know, a positive space to work with the regulation. But I'd say Finland, Finland is quite known to be extra regulatory. <laughs> you know, everything's very safe. All the regulatory is all to follow very, very well. So um, even in the, in the EU, there's many companies who sell cordyceps, um, but they're importing it from China. And so when they announce it to the market, it's kind of a different process and they're not being looked at the same as what we do it. So, cause we're growing it. So it's a little bit, you can still find Cordyceps militaris
1: in Europe. It just won't be from us. Right. So I highly uh,
0: recommend everyone go buy Cordyceps militaris if you can find it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do use it myself as well. And uh, I see mostly, yeah, like this energy side or like endurance, like it's good for uh, taking before yeah. a workout if you're doing like endurance or something. Uh, so, yeah, so that definitely something I, 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 I noticed myself as well. Yeah. Uh, what about like uh, Rishi and uh, others?
0: Yeah, Reishi. So we grow a form of Reishi. Uh, it's, it's a form of the fruiting body called antlers. And so you can see it's a bit crazy looking. Um, but basically, the out, the outside part of this uh, mushroom is where a lot of the medicinal compounds are. So this is a way to maximize, maximize that. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a, to me, this is such a cool mushroom because um, if you're wearing this kind of outer ring, uh you can actually like test how epic, uh, you know effective this ratio is for your body i mean a lot of biohackers are taking it for the sleeping mm-hmm. so you know we know that I, I love your particular your focus on like drinking water and sleeping <laughs> it's, it's like the two best biohacks Um uh, i've heard you say that a few times i really i really appreciate that because i think at the, at the core, yeah, we're mostly dehydrated and we're mostly just zombies because we don't sleep enough. Like, mm, <laughs> fix either. fix those two things and you're probably going to be doing pretty well in life, you know. Uh, and Reishi's an a, a ally for that. So, like, my partner has a tough time sleeping and she takes Reishi. Um, and if you have an hour ring, you can really see how, it, how the difference is. And um, I haven't met a single person who's, who's taken our Reishi that hasn't seen a benefit from their hour ring, That mm. they're getting deeper, more REM sleep. They're feeling yeah. more rested. Um, and you know, that's a really important gift to have to give to somebody. Uh, yeah, that for sure. it. And there's, it's not a pharmaceutical pill, there's not any hangover, you know, so it's, you know, it's clean, it's clear, it's very natural, uh, yeah. and just helping support that function.
1: Yeah. Mostly like just uh, calms down the nervous system and uh, puts you into more of this parasympathetic state uh, because yeah, most people are on this very sympathetic overdrive all the time and they're like yeah. stressed out and uh, alert, especially in the evening as well. And they don't get to wind down. So using something like this uh, is a, like a very natural way to just uh, calm yourself down without you know relying on some actual medication or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it works.
1: Um, and I think
0: like in my family, we have three kids. So starting like six o'clock, you know, we turn the lights off, we turn candles on, we start to <laughs> really no, no screens anymore at all, you know, and, and, and that works, but sometimes we don't have time for that, you know, and, and right. definitely taking Reishi can just be a fast, what we do one hour before bed is what's recommended, we recommend. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's usually good enough time for your body to kind of relax. And, you know, people, people say it's really grounding and it's interesting because it's like, yeah, when I, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but grounding like if, if we could calm down and just you know be here a bit more present and our nervous system is an overdrive is not an overdrive yeah i think it's quite grounding for that reason
1: mm. yeah that's a good good way of saying it um yeah. okay next next up would be so shiitake, shiitake or...
0: i think i think sometimes if i'm also like feeling a lot of stress at work okay if big things are happening i mean i also use it in, in just the day just to kind of calm myself down a little bit and i think it's quite quite nice for that mm. But yeah, sorry, shiitake. So shiitake, uh, it's, it's a culinary mushroom. We all probably know about it. Tastes good, uh, and it also has a lot of beta glucans, like everything. Very, very helpful for your immune system. Very adaptogenic. But the kind of unique thing about about shiitake is it has a compound called l ergothioneine. So it's been it's been studied. Um, there's some patents on it in the US about its help with uh, uh, COVID, and um, but any I mean but any virus and. Basically, what it does is l orgothyrene is a cytoprotectant. So just like we were talking before, that when mushrooms kind of diverged from humans, the immune system took two different developmental paths. Uh, with humans, the immune system became more cellular-based and with strong cells. And with mushrooms, they developed more of a chemical base. So the interesting thing is that shiitake has a very high amount of this l which is a compound that strengthens cell walls. And so even though we already have quite strong cell walls compared to mushrooms in that way, um, you know, we can still take that Oregithyrene and get a shot of a, a stronger cell wall. So if we think about use cases, okay, so I take shiitake, not, definitely not daily, absolutely not. I take shiitake if I start the first lines of feeling sick, before I would even take, let's say vitamin C or zinc or something, right. You know, I'd right away just take shots of shiitake. And many times I never even have to take this vitamin C or zinc or anything because running nose or just feeling a bit weak, anything at all, I just go, okay, there's a virus attacking my body right now. I'm not feeling 100%. Um, Let's strengthen those cell walls. So when that virus comes in, it's not so easy for it to hijack that mitochondria in the cell and then replicate itself over and over and
1: over and over again and create this crazy inflammation site, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's more of like an actual medicinal thing that you use when you're sick, rather than uh, as like a booster.
0: I think so yeah i i tend to only use it when when really needed. let's say
1: Gotcha. uh how often do you get sick then
0: <laughs> yeah i take shiitake like I, we have some in the office for people of course um and i take it once every two three weeks a couple doses so like a 50 ml bottle lasts me three months maybe hmm. um and i don't know the last time i've been sick yeah, yeah. actually <laughs> <laughs> i remember eight years ago in portugal i was pretty messed up but you know uh, but i really don't know i i I'm, I'm quite sensitive to my body and i i live a life that i'm not i'm not traveling very much now i'm really just at home or at the office and i really can conf- i'm more sensitive to my my surroundings and my body
1: hmm, gotcha All Right. last one uh, my talking
0: so my so my is also this one here so it's a it's a quite nice head of the Woods, also a very culinary mushroom. This is just a piece of it, It dried. um, Smells great. I love opening up this jar. (laughs) Uh, But it's we. uh, It's it's an incredible mushroom. It has the highest number of beta glucans of anything. So recently, there was a study published on the growth of different adaptogens in the market, and the mushroom sector was a very very big part of the growth there. But Maitake was a thirty percent growth uh, in twenty twenty just because it has the highest beta glucans. So you see it in the US market now, the focus, there was a trilogy, always a trilogy. There was Chaga, uh, Lions Man, and Reishi. That was like the trilogy. So that was most of the medicinal mushroom sales for those three. And then it started breaking out into five, but now it's seven, including Turkey Tail and Maitake. And you know, Maitake is now really pushing a lot of growth in that place, just because beta-glucan's people are more understanding them, and Maitake just has the most, you know? Right, yeah. So, um it's really important for as an adaptogen it's it's one of the most it's it's one of the most powerful i would say Hmm. and then um it also has a lot of interesting studies around uh kind of as a biohack to balance a woman's natural monthly cycle so obviously this is nothing you and i probably know too much about but you know women have told me that if that cycle is not like kind of on on you know is normal it's really mm-hmm. the hormones can all be off the stress levels can be off i guess it's a really big problem so right there's uh, some women biohackers who've been quite interested in, and been using this uh for that purpose so
1: mm, gotcha uh but uh, how how do you take it then how often
0: um i i take it about once a week something like that i cycle through even though all these mushrooms have these one three one one six beta glucans the actual beta glucan subcategories can be different. So there's there's different kind of beta glucans that are in each of these different mushrooms. So I, I tend to just kind of cycle through them. So I can take, you know, I, I take chaga every day because of, of antioxidants, but then I take everything else I take on a cycle. So today, take a turkey tail, then maitake, then shiitake, then hmm. lion's mane, then, you know. So hmm. I, that's how I tend to kind of kind of structure my my regimen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to like take them all the time, but um, you're like... Uh most people just uh, maybe they start to notice the kind of difference. And that's why they kind of implement it into their uh, regular routine more consistently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a nice, it's a really powerful adaptogen, let's say. And especially if you've, if you've been in a very clean environment for a long time, high doses of mitaki will help you, help you get your immune system back sorted Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, But maybe let's talk about the uh, extraction process as well. Uh, So so how how do you extract your uh, your mushrooms and uh, what is the difference between like, I don't know, powders or capsules or pills?
0: Yeah, so in basically our company has a unique position in a way. I mean, 92% of all mushrooms are grown in China and that's a lot. I mean, you know, there are people that need mushrooms a lot in Europe and in U.S. And everywhere else, but still, 92% of them are, are grown in China, and not really exported so much. So they're doing it's mainly for domestic uh, uh, consumption. So China has, has part of their ancient traditional medicine, um, or Chinese traditional medicine, or TCM, uh, traditional Chinese medicine. It has been using medicinal mushrooms for thousands of years, and and in there, they haven't changed the extraction technique at all, basically. So um, what they do is they use alcohol and water, and alcohol is basically a solvent that d- dissolves that chitin cell wall, and the water is just part of that 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 uh, vehicle as well. So that really, it's a, alcohol is like a chemical solvent dissolving that that chitin cell wall. So process takes many months, can take many months, um, and it's not as effective. So maybe maybe 70% effective, something like that. So what our company does is is we employ a a new technology because we're not not married to any traditional chinese medicine you know cultivation techniques or anything at all you know what we're looking at is all the scientific papers that are coming out and then testing the 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 material for compounds and then going back again you know so we're always trying to optimize that process and what we did is we commissioned um we have a lead research analyst in the company who spent uh, six months essentially just reading papers and developing what our extraction uh, uh, process is and what he found was a process called ultrasonic assisted extraction and UAE technology or ultrasonic assisted extraction technology is used uh, recently for uh, the cdb industry to help extract uh, very volatile compounds out of uh, cannabis so it's it has some of a resurgence right now but it's not being used at all we're the only company in the whole mushroom industry using it and so what we do is we take we take the ground up dried mushrooms we submit it to uh, water and alcohol and then the UAE process it starts to kind of open up those cell walls um, you know it stays in kind of warm water for a long time and then we basically send it into either we bottle that so we then filter out sorry we filter out all the mushrooms then we bottle that and we sell that to uh, companies and we sell that to consumers through our own uh, product uh, called Kappa Health um, And, or we also can send that liquid and we can spray dry it and we can make a powder out of it. So it just depends what form people like. And I I think there's, there's a little bit differences between, let's say a liquid or a powder. Um, Some has to do with bioavailability. So like a liquid is the purest, rawest, unadulterated form where, you know, you can, you can take it and it's uh, instantly in your bloodstream, um, goes through your stomach really well. It's, it's a nice, nice form for the product and it's cheaper, you know, as well um so it tastes a bit bad <laughs> but i think for biohackers it's nice to taste that is mm. the feedback we've gotten um and then the powder is also very interesting too it's a bit more expensive you take a lot you need to take a lot less mm. uh and you can mix it with something so you can mix it in, in tea or coffee or whatnot uh, that's also a very interesting application as well
1: yeah yeah well you know this small amount of alcohol can also be this uh, small stress like a positive stress that your body also boosts its uh, detoxification and starts to fight the alcohol. So, uh, you know, in a way, way it can also be like an additional uh, benefit.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I was gonna say like both both ways are good, Uh, like, like very enjoyable in a way that uh, the the powders are good for uh, mixing into coffee or teas or something. And uh, the tinctures are uh, good for like a quick, quick like riddle rapid, let's say microdose. Yeah. Uh, but uh, are there like any other other ways of uh using them or uh, getting getting the benefits
0: yeah i mean let's say some of the some of these mushrooms we're studying for many different properties so we've been looking at like uh some kind of, some of these mushrooms are actually good at wound healing and they stop bleeding so you know maybe in the future there'll be a cap of band-aid that you can apply <laughs> to uh you know to a cut yeah. that you have so i mean i think that you know, there's just no limit to that. And I think we're, we're having a really fun time right now in our company um, just playing around with these ideas and, and just kind of learning about what, what are the species that we can, we can work more with because this is seven species out of, out of like millions. There are more medicinal mushroom species out there. There are compounds that we haven't studied. We don't know, like, like the lion's mane is Heracium ar- uh, colaridus, or sorry, ar- Aranaceaeus. There's also Hericium colaridus which is a coral tooth fungi, which also has nerve growth factors, which haven't been studied at all, but we know they're nerve growth right. factors. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested where our company is going to push this because again, yeah, lion's mane is part of TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, but coral tooth fungal didn't grow in China.
1: Yeah. Well, it doesn't
0: mean that coral tooth fungus is bad. It just means we need to introduce it to the market. And I think if we start to look at, you know, what are the real benefits for mushrooms? I think that I think many people know that they're incredibly adaptogenic for the immune system, that's not gonna go away. But what is that secondary benefit or that tertiary, the third benefit of these mushroom species? Um, how can we be helping really important diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, memory loss, issues like that, you know, and different kinds of cancers. So I think in the next 20, 30 years, um, thankfully I was, I was nominated to the executive committee for the International Medicinal Mushroom Society. So now we've been really pushing forward a lot of new research, a lot of new papers, and uh, really, you know, what is what does that horizon look like? I don't know. I can't tell you, but it's it's
1: definitely going to be an exciting twenty years to say. <laughs> yeah, it ex- interesting and exciting. Um, yeah, like you said, there's so many new species, and uh, there's different like regions of the world as well that uh, have different mushrooms. So uh, you don't necessarily have to start like um, using uh, a specific mushroom from like China. Uh, that is, you know, uh, from there, when you when you have like an equivalent in your home uh, country as well. So it's good, exactly. uh, good way to kind of keep it local in a way and not really, you don't necessarily have to like use a foreign kind of uh, substances. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, you evolved. I evolved to live in this Nordic kind of climate. Um, most likely our bodies also evolved with what species are here, mm. you know. So if there's an equivalent that's local, I mean, our, we're probably going to be more receptive to that. Than something that's from Africa or whatnot. So,
1: right, yeah, but but does the let's say the environment? How does it affect the quality of the mushroom? So, like if you are, you know, growing uh, as I said the mushroom massively, uh, yeah, like yeah. in a polluted environment or something uh, versus a clean clean environment.
0: Yeah, this is the main reason I think that our company exists actually. So there's a lot of companies who are sourcing material from China and finding uh, too high heavy metals or too high CFU levels or uh, these kind of or, or chemicals, you know. Because there's a lot of issues. I mean, organic regulation does not. There's about 22 different chemical species that, that farmers in China use um, in growing mushrooms. Only three of those are regulated in the organic regulation. So it can be organic, still have lots of chemicals. And um, and the problem is, is that you know maybe eating apples like that is okay. I don't know. But with mushrooms, they're incredibly adapted. Like uh, uh, they're bio bio okay. they're yeah they're soaking everything up. So they're yeah. They're, they're really good at like concentrating um, different kind of like chemical compounds, organic chemical compounds. So they're using bioremediation bio or mycoremediation is actually a thing that you put mushrooms into like old oil spills or something and it'll soak up those chemicals because they are actually so good at taking in pollution and stuff. Right. So that's why, I mean, our brand has done a really good job in the US market because we're from Finland. And in Finland, we have the largest amount of organic forest in the whole, per capita of any, any country in the world. So Finnish people are really conscious about not polluting the forest. It's, it's part of, you know, probably like same in Estonia. It's part of the DNA almost to take care of the forest well. So, you know, the, 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 all the substrate that we source, it's all organic and it's all birch. It's all just birch wood ground up and nothing, nothing within any pollution areas. So yeah. it's, it's, it's incredibly important. And then we do quality tests and everything, of course, as well. But it's it's a it's a very important alternative a nice transparent alternative for um, let's say a lot of uh, a lot of people who want to yeah no more no more where they
1: get their 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 health supplements from nutraceuticals yeah definitely like most people don't uh, do uh, this quality testing and uh, and if they do like uh, opt in for like some very cheap uh, brand on Amazon or something then yeah the most more than that, it's from like China or uh, not like the highest quality so you get yeah. what you, you get what you pay for basically
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've had many people who just like, I, I went to biohacker congresses and I met, I meet people who say, medicine mushrooms don't work, you know, don't, don't, I don't want to take this stuff. And I'm going, what? <laughs> and I say, I, so I send them our, our material and they go, okay, it works. <laughs> this, is, this is just different, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important that, yeah. that if, if people have tried to give it up, find a really nice brand, find a brand that uses mushrooms, not mycelium find a brand that does proper extraction, find a brand that is clean
1: substrate. Um, and and I think you'll have a better experience, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, which which one uh, is gonna be next in your product line? Which one, which mushroom? Well, we, we were talking about this. I don't wanna give it away exactly, but we
0: were talking about it earlier. There's this Otse. Okay. Uh, this yeah. is the Iceman. So maybe one of the mushrooms that he had. Okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that sounds, sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, it's been a great uh, talking with you and we'll start wrapping up. Uh, so uh, before I ask the last, last question, uh, uh, where can people uh, learn more about you and your work? Um, me, I'm, I'm on Instagram at EricMTPuro.
0: Uh, but again, I haven't been doing so much since the recent Terms of Service that Instagram announced. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me uh, at KappaBiotech.com as well. And KappaHealth.com is where we sell products. And We also have a a retailer in in Estonia that we love a lot um, called Nordpost and uh,
1: they're selling our products there and everything's in Estonian. Um, So, yeah. Awesome. We'll uh, put all the links in the show notes and uh, and my last question is uh, what's this one piece of advice or habit you wish you adopted sooner?
0: Oh, God. Definitely uh, uh, what we call in Finland uh, avanta, which is uh, ice hole swimming. (laughs) Yeah which is, which, I mean, I think to be honest, uh, the best energy that I feel not from these mushrooms, it's from just getting in that cold water. Mm. So yeah. I mean, really, I think, uh, I would recommend it highly to everybody and,
1: uh, yeah,
0: breathing, breathing well and and, and ice hole swimming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's, that's the, uh, biggest of this, like a shock, beneficial shock to the system. Like you yeah, does wow. ramp, ramp up all the uh, defense systems and <laughs> increases alertness fully. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah well it's been uh, great talking with you and yeah uh, you too yeah we'll uh we'll see each other around in the future thanks yeah. yep all right